I certainly have had time off before, but this was my first sabbatical, and although it's part of many ministerial contracts, it was a blessing and a privilege. And once again, I would like to thank the board, Reverend Kristen, and the staff for the time I was able to be away. Ministry is an amazing job full of deep meaning. I am grateful every single day to be able to take this journey with you in our lives together. As deeply meaningful as this job is, no minister goes to seminary because they want to deal with raccoons either fighting or making babies in the sanctuary ceiling, <laughs> or maybe both. There were no classes in how to deal with 20-year-old HVAC systems starting to break down, or the theology of leaky roofs, or on a serious note, really difficult budget cycles. I swear I didn't fill out my seminary application thinking, oh, I just can't wait for there to be a global pandemic so I can learn the meaning of the word pivot. <laughs> or how to break down our political norms leads to the understandable existential worries about the breakdown of democracy and insurrectionist threats to the republic. None of those classes were offered in seminary. However, it is all a part of what we do as ministers. And let me tell you, the last four years or so have really provided what a Mormon friend of mine used to say were more flippin' growth opportunities. <laughs> this was the backdrop of my sabbatical. The academic model of sabbatical can have one focusing on some sort of project. For some ministers, that is the case. I have friends who have written marvelous books on their sabbatical. Nancy, for instance. <laughs> but I've also had friends who sat in front of the television watching TV sports and eating chocolate. My plans were somewhere in the middle. I wanted to start writing a book that I've been thinking about. I wanted to research and maybe buy a new camera. I wanted to take a photography class, and I wanted to do some traveling. I have to admit, I only did so, so on my goals. I wrote about three pages of my book idea, which pretty much stunk and had no point whatsoever. <laughs> I decided new cameras are too expensive. I couldn't find a photography class that wouldn't that I could take until after I was done with my sabbatical, but I did travel. And I have to say that one of the things for which I am grateful to the board and discussions with them, all they really hoped for was that I would have time to relax and unwind. I did relax and unwind, and I've been telling people that two things happened. Space was able to open up in my brain to think about other things rather than just work. And I took an unplanned but rewarding journey through my life. A traveling review, if you will. Now, let me start with the traveling first. Unlike those of you who have worked for the Foreign Service, although I've lived a number of places in my life, I've only lived in four states. Illinois, California, Utah, and Virginia. I visited all those places on my sabbatical. It's not like I haven't visited before. I have, but I've never done it in succession like I did at the beginning of my sabbatical. Although I traveled to those places, 
I didn't visit a lot of people. What I did was I did a lot of driving around visiting old residences and neighborhoods, places that I used to hang out, noticing things were, that were different and noticing things that were the same. It was kind of like a guided tour of me, for me, by me. No great epiphany came from these visits, but I did have the space and time, unlike many visits before, to reflect on who I was, who I am, and who I still hope to be. The highlight of my visit home to the Chicago area was when my brother and I stood out in front of the house that I grew up in. And I saw this little girl's head pop out of the, up in the window. Being that we were kind of looking at each other, I waved. Then I saw her father's head pop up in the window. <laughs> Much to my brother's horror, I motioned for the dad to go to the door. Go to the door. He later told me, I thought you were someone I knew, and then I realized you weren't. And so he, I, he walked to the door, and I calmly walked up the steps. And then, um, again, much to my brother's horror, he opened the door. And I said, hi, my name is David Miller. This is my brother, Neil. And we grew up in this house. And his face lit up. I think he had actually heard our names before. And he graciously invited us in. Again, to my brother's horror. I stepped right into the familiar entrance for the first time in about 35 years. I walked into this house where I was raised. It was an amazing experience, and the couple that now live there were incredibly gracious and kind. They said, oh, come on back. We'll show you the bedrooms, right? My brother Neil's like, what? And, and so we walked into the bedrooms, which looked pretty much the same, and then they took us into their bedroom, which was my parents' bedroom, right? And it looked exactly, they had set it up the same way my parents had it. And then they showed us the kitchen, which they didn't do, but we used to have this big picture window. And my mom would stand at the sink, and we would look out into the yard. It was beautiful. And someone had put cinder block, you couldn't see through um, glass, in where the window was. I thought, why in the world? But someone did that, and that was the house now. And then they invited us downstairs, and so I wanted to save my brother. I said, no, thank you, we're fine. Um, but some things were different, and some things were exactly the same, and it was almost like finally a chapter had closed in my mind. This and so many other experiences of my sabbatical were a result of this incredible gift of space. Space is not something we usually have a lot of time for. I will admit that I've struggled with my own self-care and spiritual practices through the years. And one of my biggest joys of becoming an amateur photographer is the need to take some space for myself to observe the beauty that I love to capture in my photographs. This has been a spiritual practice that I've really learned to love. Taking space is a difficult concept with busy schedules, with children going from soccer to softball to homework. Taking space can be a struggle when we work and then we watch the news or our favorite streaming show or cook our dinner or any one of a number of various responsibilities that keep us engaged from the moment we wake up to the minute we go to sleep. I also get that some of us have 
what may feel like too much space, space that comes with retirement or empty nesting. Space can be something complicated to navigate in a variety of ways. When I returned to work this month, I checked our worship theme, and it was creativity. I couldn't help but reflect on whether having some space over the last three months had impacted my creativity. Did I have more space in my life, not navigating my daily and weekly duties? Did it allow me to have some kind of ability to think creatively? And thinking about this, I was reminded of this quote that I once read by author Hugh McLeod. Everyone is born creative. Everyone is given a box of crayons in kindergarten. And then you hit puberty, and they take away the crayons. And they replace them with dry, uninspiring books on algebra and history, etc. Being suddenly hit years later with the creative bug is just a wee voice telling you, I would like my crayons back, please. <laughs> this may actually be the lesson of my sabbatical. How these two things have come together. This opportunity for reflection in my life's journey and this recognition of my appreciation for space. My job, like many jobs, and how it impacts our lives can be consuming. We get drawn into patterns of day-to-day -day worries, patterns and lives that we end up living by how we added one thing to another, not necessarily by intention. Sometimes we look back and say, hey, what happened? Or as David Bird from The Talking Head says, and I ask myself, how did I get here? Hopefully, I have a few more years ahead of me, and one of the unintended lessons of this sabbatical is my desire to be intentional about the creative implementation of the rest of my life. My job is consuming, and it's easy to be drawn into the busy patterns that play out for me. But I know, and I think I've always known, that I need time to play with crayons. In order to be a good and effective minister, I need time to think, to get out of my head, to give myself some space to connect with my heart and what I will call the spirit of life. This shouldn't be a new thought for a religious leader. But I will tell you, one of the lessons of sabbatical is that I have to pay more attention to the spiritual side of my own life. It is where the creative spark is housed and nourished. It is the place where I find my connection to the sacred and where I remind myself of that connection to all that which is actually beyond me. Now I say this knowing that I live in the DMV. And if nothing else, being busy and having too much to do can be a thing of pride. But here's where the ministerial voice comes into my head and now out of my mouth. I'm inviting all of us all of us, to reflect on the part of us that liked to play with crayons. In this time in our lives, in this time in the world, and in this time in this congregation, we face things that will call on our creativity to solve many of the challenges that we face. Whether the threat to our planet, the political upheaval in the world, the challenge we will face in the congregation, or just the implementation of a meaningful life. We need some occasional space. We need some occasional reflection. And occasionally, 
we need to get in touch with our inner Crayola to help us find our way forward, to be vulnerable, and get in touch with the spark of creativity that resides in us all. It is good to be back, and although there continues to be so much to be done, it all doesn't have to be done at once. So here's a gift for you, and for those of you at home, go get some crayons. You can pass these out. And amen.